Hey, I'm Michael Dorinda. And I'm Jake Bennett. And welcome to episode 64 of the North Meet South web podcast. Hey everybody, how's it going? Thanks for joining us again this week. Had an odd experience today. My daughters were in their very first wedding. They were flower girls, both oh, of them, in a wedding today. It cute, was kind of cool. Cute. Um, yep. Also, like foreshadowing, I was very sad as a father to know that one day I was going to be giving away my daughters. Oh my word, so sad. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, hey, maybe not. I asked my son on the way home. I was like, hey, so what do you think you're looking for in a wife someday? And like, you know, because like you want to make sure your kids marry good, good people. And he's like, dad. I'm in third grade. Why are we talking about this? Like, good point. Good point. And he's like, I'm not going to get married. I was like, hey, that's fine. I was like, you don't have to get married. There's lots yeah. of people who aren't married. That's totally fine. So whatever. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe not. Maybe they won't be married. That's fine too. Yeah. But uh, the girl who was getting married, um, shout out Cassie. Way to go, Cassie. We're so proud of you. We love you. She asked me to be the MC for the wedding. Of course she did. <laughs> Who would have picked Jake Bennett as the MC for anything? Oh my gosh. Hilarious. And I've never done this before, of course. But she asked my wife, she's like, hey, would Jake been my, you know, before she even got the words out of my mouth, my wife's like, oh yeah, Jake would love to do that. He, he yeah. yeah, he'll be fine. He And she said her words, he just wings it. He'll wing it and he'll be fine. And I'm like, okay, thanks for the, you know, thanks for the vote of confidence, I suppose. But uh, it was funny. And then, and then, okay, here was the kicker, right? This is what I was wanting to get to on this. I'm leaving my house with the boys. My wife's already at the wedding. And I get a text from the wedding coordinator who says, hey, uh, the sister's brother was supposed to make a playlist for the reception, and he didn't. Oh, no. Could you throw something together? Yeah, I'm like, that's pushing Oh, it. my word. Oh, because like music is so variable. Like yeah. what one person likes, the other person might not like. And I also have to consider the families. Like, yeah. do they like this type of music? Like, is this like a party music or is this like everybody's chill, whatever? Oh, I was so nervous. Like I wasn't stressed at all about the MC portion of it because I have like a schedule and it's like, fine, I'll figure it out. But the music, I was like, oh no. So we made it work. We made it work. It worked out okay. Everybody was happy, seemed like. So oh, that's good. It's always hard. Like, as you say, music's very subjective. And oh, totally, I haven't yeah. been to heaps of weddings, but it's it's almost always the same thing. Like, you've got to do the nutbush and you've got to... The Macarena sometimes makes an appearance. There's usually a bit of <laughs> ABBA. Like, it's, it's not... Yeah, it's not really what people like. It's just, yeah, classic wedding stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it turned out okay. It turned That's out okay. I, I messaged one of my buddies, Lewis, who's actually tried to get on our show a couple of times, Lewis Lux. He's a musician slash DJ slash pastor slash he's amazing, super yeah. talented. Yeah. Anyway, I messaged him like on my way to the wedding. I'm like, dude, I need help. Send me playlists <laughs> and send me songs. And so he did. He texted me like a whole list and sent me some Spotify playlists. So like, yeah. all right, I should be good. Here's some generic. So we made it work. This will get you going. Exactly. Exactly. We made yeah. it work. So Nice. And of course, you you winged it. You say you say you winged the the M saying when I sent out the emails. Well, well, no, when I sent out emails to all of our speakers for Laracon, I said I'll be M saying. Give me a few dot points about yourself that I can use to introduce you. But if you don't, yeah. I'm going to make things up as I go along. Yeah, that's so, hilarious. 
Now, when I say make things up, it's not like I'm just going to make things up about people. Um, you I, should. I will. I will have some information That'd about really them funny. that I will that I will use. But you know, people are very. Uh, what's the word? They're very um, trusting that you're not going to say oh. the wrong thing or make them feel bad. Um, yeah, and and, and you, the should, first you should one. totally make up stuff. That'd be so funny. Yeah. Be like they once, uh, you know, this next speaker once spent a summer in Norway and <laughs> uh, had a purple mohawk, and they'll yeah. tell you a story after they speak about it. And yep. uh, next person is David Hemphill. There yeah, go. yeah, that would that'd be and funny. It's, and it's tricky because you know I know some of the speakers personally. Um, you know, I know Freik and I know J Mac, and and I know people that have been around the community. But we've also got a few speakers that are first-time conference speakers that are first-time attendees at a Laracon. They're not, they're not part of the, the Laravel community. And so you've got to be careful because some people might take things a certain way and some people might get upset yeah, yeah. about it. So, yeah, that's um, true. You know, and obviously I'll run things by people before I say it, but, you know, sometimes you get up there and I know last year I tried to work in the previous talk when I was introducing the next person and, and trying to work in current affairs like some some political thing had just happened that morning that i worked in that you know lined up nicely with one of the talks just by chance so it's an interesting gig uh, i think i think justin jackson he's a really good mc i've never seen you mc but i just assume you would be because you're that you you, you strike me as that kind of personality that would it's that, that personality would do it, yeah. yeah it's just different yeah just different people different personalities i suppose yeah justin is really good he does a great job. If I ever make it to Australia, though, and you need an MC, would, I'm sure you do a great job too, though. But. I would love the reprieve, to be honest, but because there's just so yeah. much going on, and when you're because you've got oh, to, totally, I'm it's, sure it's very hard because you're trying to organize the next, and we've got fantastic staff at at the theater, so they like do all the the microphones and all that kind of stuff, so the speaker's yeah, ready to walk on. But you you know you're trying to pay attention to the speaker that's on the stage. You're trying to make sure that the the audience is is you know wrapped up in the in the presentation they don't sit and look like they're falling asleep and you really gotta there's just so much going on and then to add emceeing on top of it it's it gets a little bit overwhelming but it's it's all a lot of fun yeah i i don't know what i'm gonna do shoes wise this year because my light up sketches oh yeah failed me because i was limping on them last year so i don't know i think i'll probably just go with my steps and and leave it at that there you go yeah you'll be all right you'll be all right and what is that movie um Shawshank Redemption. They were talking about he steals that one guy's shoes and walks out of prison with them. And it's like nobody ever looks at your shoes, <laughs> which in your case was not true because no. you had light up ones. But yeah. still, seriously, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so we got a couple of things that we'd like to talk about today. Some of them, probably most of them, honestly, around this little SaaS that we're kind of rolling around and talking about building and. Mm -hmm doing things with. Um, so a couple of snafus we run into and then honestly just kind of we throughout the week don't actually get time to talk very often. Mm -hmm. So this is just kind of be like a little bit of a brainstorming session on how we're planning to build some of this stuff. But before we get into that, uh, a couple of other pieces of business would like to talk about. Do we want to reveal for the, the live audience, they're going to hear it anyway. Do we want to talk about anything about the new logo at all? Yeah, we, we can reveal something. We've been working with Vitor Canico. He, he's done a few logos out in the community. He's done the PHP Insights one for Nuno Maduro. He's done a few bits and pieces here and there. And he's, and he's you know, reached out to the community on Twitter a few times about doing some logos. And we've been rocking the uh, the homegrown 
Australia US silhouette for well since we started the podcast. Yeah, and almost talk- three years now. Yeah, Is it almost three it's, years? it's been about that that time. I think 2016. I reckon we started just yeah, around that right. yeah the, the first Laracon that I went yeah. to. Yeah, so you know we've we've had this one for a while and and we kind of threw it together pretty quickly just so that we had something and um you know reached out to to Vitor and uh he's come up with a pretty cool concept for us um and he's been having a bit of a play with it with with some things that that we'll use in different places i suppose we'll use it on the live streams and things like that but hopefully we'll we'll get a final version of it pretty soon i think he was just working on some color treatments for it on top of yeah, the, yeah, the designs looks- that he sent through so pretty happy with where it is i in hindsight, North Meet South was a terrible name for a podcast because it doesn't oh, yeah, really I don't. doesn't really yeah. capture what it is that we talk about. But I think, you know, at this point it doesn't really matter too much because, you know, we've got the audience already and people sort of know what it is that we're about now. So the people who care about what we're talking about know about what we're talking about. I don't know. Yeah, so it's, something yeah. like that. Yeah. I don't think this is ever going to be like a massive, massive podcast. So it's no. just, you know, it's fine. It's, it's probably because we got a bad name. <laughs> it's true. That is true. Maybe we should change it. Let's let's think about that. Well, I can we can ask Caleb and Daniel about that. They changed their name, mm. so well they didn't really know have about much the struggle. choice. That's true. They were forced into it, but because they were forced into it, they know. They yeah. know the situation. Yeah. What are we? What are the risks? Yeah. So new logo. That's exciting. And as you always, kind of give me a hard time about. Hey, if we're doing a new logo, maybe we'll do new music too. We'll mm. see. New music is always a pain to find, but. It's like, you know, I get sick of listening to the same things over and over again. Mm. And it's so funny because Jeffrey Way like changed his to like some, what's the name of that artist? ZZ Tops? Yeah, the ZZ Tops stuff Top. for a while. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh my gosh, that was like the best ever. Where is that? And he's like, that's ZZ Top. Yeah. Like, that's been around for forever. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. The one that he's got on the Laracast snippet now, I haven't been able to track it down, but it, I love it. It's every time it comes on, I just funk out. Oh, wait. No, you know what? I know what it was. Actually, it was the opposite of that. I I liked the new one, but like I remember he said when he first changed it, people were like, "Bring back the old one." He's <laughs> like, "I bought that on like a stock site for like ten bucks." Yeah. He's like, "This, you know, this one is like a, you know, a world or you know, an award winning artist. It's mm-hmm. been around for forever, whatever." Anyway, I digress. New music, new logo, possibly. Okay, mm-hmm. first thing I want to talk about is local testing of a .dot test domain. So, mm-hmm. in our particular situation. What we're doing is we're creating, if this is the first time you've heard of it, we're creating a SaaS called Then Ping Me. So in Laravel, if you are running a scheduled job, one of the things that you can do, which was first introduced uh, when Taylor rolled out Envoyer, is at the end of your scheduled job, you could on the end tag on this. What's that? What's that thing Come called? On. Yeah, just- no, I know that. I'm just saying like, what's the pattern called when you return this from something? Like it's a chaining method. Yeah. Fluent, yeah, chain. fluent, fluent, syntax. fluent interface. Using yes. fluent syntax, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fluent interface. Thank you. You could do on the end, then ping, right? So we thought it'd be clever to say then ping me, right? So our website is the me, then ping me. So since we're doing that, what we're hoping to do is, or what we're trying to do right now is test ping a local then ping me installation, right? Mm-hmm. So what you have is you have a little test application, you've installed our package in, and then we have a local then ping me, which is running at then ping me.test. And all we want to do is we just want to have this package ping this local server that we have, right? So you just point the package to point over at that website, which is also running at the same time, and it should hopefully get that request. You've always been able to do this in the past, like, or I have been able to do this in the past with no problem. And for some reason, it stopped working. Yeah. I don't know exactly when or exactly why, 
but I figured out a solution or found a solution online. And today you ran into the same problem. Yeah. Correct. Well, I've run into the problem at work before and I just, because it was a project that was running, it didn't really matter. So I just turned it off. But yeah, in this instance, like, Obviously, valet just works. You can go into the browser and we can go to then test. But it's when you've got one application that's trying to talk to another application in valet and yeah. it seems to just go for for whatever reason. And the response you get is not found, right? It says like, oh, we don't yeah, know what I get that a is. Curl error like then ping me.test, the domain is not found or something like that, which is which yeah. is strange because then you go to the browser, right. the first thing you do is you open up to make sure that it's working and it does. Yeah, so it's it's weird. So I think what the solution was that I found online was that you have to go into your networking tab. So like on a Mac, you'd go to settings and then networking and then you go to advanced and you go to DNS and you enter as one of your DNS hosts, the first one, in fact, 127.0.0.1, which is, of course, localhost. So what that means is before it goes out to the wide web to look up that domain, it will look first at your local host and say, do you have a copy of this running somewhere? And if it does, it'll pull that up for you, right? So that's the way around yeah. it is to add your local machine as your first DNS lookup and then it'll handle it. And did you try that? And you have you had it work? Yeah. I think so, we literally yeah, just figured that out before We just the show. got that up and running. And so that worked. Uh, and, then, and then I hit an error. So I actually had an application okay. error that I need to fix later on but um, you got a 500 instead of a 404 but i got a 500 great. instead of curl going no, i can't find that domain so that's that's yeah good. great okay perfect yeah so that's kind of the first thing and then we have a few other items that we're talking through right now so we can probably dive into that so this is like one of those situations one of those projects that when you first start out you're like oh this is going to be so easy and to be real honest it's possible that we are overcomplicating it. Like for the first release, we may in fact say, here's some great ideas that we're going to put on the shelf, but these are the core, you know, the core features that we're going to release with. But these are just some of the items we're talking through that as you kind of brainstorm, you think, oh yeah, what about this? What about this case? Or what about this edge case? Or mm -hmm. what about this situation? So as we talk through it, we may decide that we're going to pare some of it down, but it's just good things to kind of have on the list for when you, when you're moving forward or, uh, if there are things you're going to be integrating later, you'll write your code a little bit differently, knowing that in the future, you're going to be putting a different feature in or an, or yeah. an additional feature in, right? Yeah. So what we're looking at first is when an application pings in. So setting up a project is super simple, right? You set up a project, you give it a name, you give it a URL, maybe it gets a UUID, no problem, right? Mm -hmm. Then you have all the tasks that are coming in. And on the tasks, we have a couple different pieces. The library that you will install in your local application will send over information to then ping me about a scheduled task. And those pieces of information are the um, the project expression, the expressions, which is the cron expression, the command, which is the name, the description, which is whatever description you uh, gave it or give it, the time zone, which of course is pretty important, whether or not it runs in maintenance mode, which eh, may be important or not really, not yet for us. Without overlapping, again, maybe important for us. On one server, probably not important for us just yet. Create it and update it at our own. So uh, the pieces that we're likely going to use are expression, command, description, time zone. And what will happen is when you first have a task that comes in, those pieces of information... I believe are used in Laravel to generate a mutex. Is that right, M Michael? Yeah, there's some some part of it that's used by the event, which is how Laravel handles the the scheduled tasks. There's an event mutex, and basically it just touches a file 
um, in the framework directory from memory with just like a hash for the file name. And that, that allows Laravel to know whether or not a particular schedule command is running. And that's then used by the without overlapping command to make that sure that the, the command doesn't run multiple times. So the question is that mutex is the same every time though? Yes. It would have to be. Yeah. Yeah, it would have to be in order to be able to use without overlapping. Mm -hmm. So that mutex is handy because what that does is if they send that mutex across the wire as well, which we'll have to include, which we're not. If they send that mutex across the wire as well, what that does is that basically fingerprints that task for us. By that, I mean, if they change the schedule in the future, I believe that mutex changes. So if the expression, the cron expression that's being generated for that job by the scheduler, if that changes, then the mutex will change. Yeah. And what that means is that tells us that there is a new job now that's going to be checking in and it will get a new task ID instead of the old task ID. The reason that that's important is because if somebody accidentally changes a schedule on a task you're likely going to want to know about that instead of the application just picking up and saying, oh, sure, we know that that's just going to merge in, you know, into this other task. It's it's one of those things where you can merge it, but you would likely want to know about it first. Mm -hmm. I think you'd agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So it would like fail. You know, the old one would fail because it'd stop reporting with that mutex. And then the new one is going to start uh, start being handled. And so at that point, once you get one that fails, then you're going to go in and say, oh, okay, yeah, we just changed the schedule. Just go ahead and merge the stats from the old one into the new one yeah. and, and no problem. So the, the mutex is basically framework slash uh, schedule dash and then the SHA-1 of the expression and the command sort of match together. Um, so that's so perfect. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is great. But if the expression changes, so if you have a command that's running every five minutes and you realize that's not you know, it's too close together and you want to change it to 10 minutes, then the mutex is going to change. And so, you know, we need to provide some way of linking up the rescheduled task as opposed to saying like one task has stopped working and another has, you know, a new command has been added because it's the same command. It's just running at a different interval now. So, you know, this was something that you and I briefly discussed that like what if that happens, we're going to have to go and, and add the ability to like merge two commands together um, or at least give the user the the opportunity or the the option to do that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Here's another interesting thing to think through that I'm just realizing or recognizing. Um, in this is not included like you have when functions sometimes. Mm -hmm. So if there is a when on the schedule, it will run every five minutes, but then it checks a when. So mm -hmm. it'll say run every five minutes when or run every day when and or like so like for example run daily at eight o'clock when and then you can write something like some closure in there that says basically it's the first monday of the month yeah right so it's basically not something that's handled by the scheduler class that is something that is just in the fluent interface so the expression will not be built off of that but it is obviously a important piece of when that job gets run mm. So I don't know exactly how to handle those. Yeah, and we'd have, to, sure. we'd have to approach that as well to figure out things that are dynamically run tasks because we, obviously we don't want to be sending an alert that something has skipped reporting right. when the command has said, no, nah, well, I don't need to run for, because some condition right. hasn't been met. So that, that would be something that we need to address, but I don't know if we need to nest. Like I don't know how common using that when syntax is um and i my gut feeling is that it's not used very often 
Like it's not never yeah. used, but I don't think it would be a common thing to do. We could also say, again, this is, could be like one of those things that we just say for now, like we're deciding not to support that yet. And uh, what, what will happen right now is that it would get reported as one of the initial scheduled tasks that we'll mm-hmm. monitor. But when we first set up the project, we let them know, hey, here's all the tasks that we're going to monitor. Let us know if there's any that you're not interested in actually monitoring, right? And yeah. let them know maybe in there as well. We don't yet support conditional tasks that that run sometimes but don't run other times. The other thing that you could do is you could just say like, so, okay, so let's say they 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 miss it, right? They could either just go in and delete that task, which what's going to end up happening is we're just going to have a mutex, which is going to get the deleted at timestamp, right? So when that mutex pings in, we'll probably still get the ping for it. We may store it, we may not, but we'll know to not, you know, it's not going to be a new one that's going to get added, mm-hmm. right? Because by default, what we're saying is right now, Anytime a new scheduled task comes in, and this is one of the features, right? Not like a, oops, we forgot. One of the features is you never have to go in and set up a new scheduled task. It will just automatically add. So one of the challenges that my team faces right now is every time we want to add a new scheduled task, we have to go into the application, set up the scheduled task to be monitored, set up what its schedule is, and then we have to get a hash or a URL that will then go back into the application that we're writing the code for, then ping paste in that URL, and then you can commit and push, right? It's just an annoying workflow thing. Mm-hmm. It'd be really nice if you could just say, I'm going to write a new scheduled task. And as soon as you write it, if you have the then ping me package in there, it just automatically sends it up to then ping me after it's been run one time. Yep. Yeah. So, and you could even probably on on deploy, you could probably have like a, uh, you know, you could have the script that runs that, that sets it up immediately and then ping me even before it gets run one time, mm-hmm. right? So like if it... If it didn't run for some reason, we would we would be able to tell pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if that's interesting. Uh, whatever. I'll write that down. Okay. Okay. So those are kind of some interesting items to talk about. Those are all really kind of relating to setting up new tasks. One of the other interesting things is how do you alert for tasks that have come in already? So tasks that are already established, how do you handle that? Like technically, what's the technical way that you want to handle that? I know we got we had gotten suggestions from one person that was like, okay, well, if you store the expression, then what you can do is every minute you can scan, you can look at all the cron expressions for every single task that's in your system. And then you can evaluate that cron to see if it's currently time for it to run. And if it is currently time for it to run and it doesn't report within a minute of that time, then you know that it's failing or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. This is not a good way to do that. Tell me some of the reasons why that's a bad idea, Michael. Well, I mean... Number one, it's just another task that's running. You want it to kind of, we want to just pick it up, right? You don't want to have to run another command that runs as part of your schedule. Because what if your if your scheduler stops running, then then the schedule task that we've got in there is gonna go kaput anyway, right? So that's probably one of the key things, I guess. The other piece is that it's gonna get really expensive because you're literally gonna have to evaluate every cron expression every time mm. if you did it that way. If you did it that way and you and I'll tell you the solution that we came up with, but if you did that, if you literally said every crown expression for every task that we're monitoring needs to be evaluated every minute to see if it needs to be running right now, it's a huge waste of resources. Yeah. And the more tasks you get added, the the you know, the more intensive this is gonna be. And, and then you're gonna have to figure out how take. to like yeah, how do you chunk up these jobs? Because you now you have 5,000 tasks that you're monitoring and you can't run through all those every minute. So now you're going to have multiple queue workers and how do you make sure they don't overlap? Blah, blah, blah. It's a mess. Mm-hmm. Okay, so instead what you do is when a... 
And this solves a couple of problems. So when you first, when a, when a task first comes in, there's going to be a column on the task called next run at, and that will be null by default. When we first set up a project, it will come in and it will create the task, but the task will not have run yet, right? It will not actually have pinged then ping me. Mm -hmm. It will just have been set up in your project. So the next, uh, the next run at timestamp thing will be null. Yeah. Well, we can, we can calculate, sorry, just to jump in there. We can actually calculate straight away based on the cron expression when that command is, when that task is next due to run. We know straight away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's true. You're correct. I'm sorry. I was thinking, yep. No, you're right. We should be able to calculate that right away. Mm -hmm. It is possible. It is possible that somebody has run it for something that's not yet on, in production, right? So maybe they've run a setup thing that is like setting up a task that is on their development machine and they mm -hmm. just want to make sure that it's working and then, you know, whatever. For us, the rule has always been basically until it pings out in production to us, don't ever alert for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't like wait until you get a first ping from production. And then once you get that first ping, ping, ping from production, then go ahead and start alerting mm -hmm. that it's failing if it does. Yeah. Well, because we know the environment as well. We can we can tell that from when the command runs. We know what environment it's running in. And we can say like if it's not good production, point. don't even send the ping. Right. True. That's a good point. That's a good point. But then what we do is when the command actually does ping out to then ping me, you look at the expression, you look at the time zone, and then we can determine what's the next run at time. What that does is that allows us to, in our scheduled task that runs every minute, all we have to do is look at the next run at timestamps that are in the past, right? So you just scope, grab me all the tasks where the next run at timestamp is in the past and see if those have checked in yet. If they have not yet checked in, throw an alert, which brings me to my next point. So that's a very simplified version of what we're going to do, right? You look at the next run at timestamp. Mm -hmm. The next run at timestamp is in the past. We check those tasks. In the, in the very simplest version of this, which is maybe what we ship, I doubt it, but maybe, you alert that as soon as you recognize that it has not yet checked in. Yeah. That is problematic. However, because what if, I mean, what if it takes longer than a minute to run? Yeah. Right? Well, and these are these are the other things that that I've sort of thought about. Like you can start making inferences. Is that a word? Inferences. We can mm -hmm. we can infer inference. Inference. We can yeah, infer you can. That's a word. that you've got a task that is set to run every minute, but it's taking ninety seconds to run. So we can say, hey, you missed this check in. By the way, your task also takes longer to run than your scheduled period of time or your your scheduled interval for that task. So then we can like recommend over time i don't think we'd be able to put this in straight away we can recommend over time hey you've got a 60 second interval for a task that takes 90 seconds to run we recommend you increase this to two minutes or we recommend right. you i wouldn't recommend specific times because who knows that could change over time as well or but, without overlapping you know say without use without overlapping on this job yeah we could say like run this without overlapping or yeah because then you can tell, hey, the last time this ran, it took X seconds. Or we can tell you straight away, like this task took 90 seconds to run. Its interval is 60 seconds, but you're not running it without overlapping. It may cause issues. Yeah. And then you could like, that could be something that you just say, yeah, no, that's fine. That can run over itself. And then you would give you the ability to like silence that particular alarm, for example. Right. Yeah. So that kind of brings in the question of like, okay, so how long do you wait before the next run at should actually 
but before we check to say, hey, this is actually in error. Yeah. Right. This is actually in error. So at that point, what you might say is you might say, you might programmatically set the next run at timestamp to be something actually greater than what the the expression would actually be. Mm-hmm. So the expression says it's supposed to run at 1005. And maybe your next run out says 1006, right? So we alert at 1006 if it hasn't run yet, right? So you build the grace period in. Or you could, yeah, or you could have a per job grace period. And we by default make that a minute. And then you could increase it if you care to. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can also, because we know when a task is starting and when a task is finished, we can make even better determinations based on how your command started, but it hasn't finished running yet or um, how your command started, but it never finished running, for example. So we can do that kind of checking as well. Oh, no, that's excellent. Yeah, no, no. That actually makes perfect sense because, yeah, no, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for bringing that. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. My gears (laughs) are turning. Give me one second here. How long should we have for? Okay. Because then you have to decide, like, is it a problem if the task never ran? Well, obviously, it's a, it's a problem if the task never ran. But at what point does it become a problem that the task didn't finish? Because we would have like a, a status for a ping that says this is in progress. Like we know that it's running. And then we listen for the, the completion of that event, the, the way that the commands are run. So we, we need to fingerprint a specific instance the run that says like I've started running now and once the the finished comes in then we can say okay this is finished so and you you do things like and this is probably where you could bring in some kind of state machine where you could say this this task is running if we get another um like task started but we never receive the task finished you can't say that the, the task is moving from in progress to in progress because the task can only move from in progress to finished or in progress to failed, you know, yeah. or to timed out or something like that, right? Yeah. Right. So, okay. As I'm, as I'm thinking through this, kind of here's, here's where my brain goes. So we have tasks and we have pings. So what we would have is on the task, we're going to have a next run at timestamp. And that is when it needs to have started at. It needs to have started by that time, right? And that time, maybe we, maybe what we do is we give it an additional 30 seconds or something, mm-hmm. right? Maybe, I, I don't know, 10 seconds, whatever, something like that. So that it has a chance to actually start and ping to us, yeah. right? So you would alert if it has not started by the time that it's supposed to have started. Yeah. So that's good. If it starts, we update the next run at timestamp to be whatever the expression says it should be next time. So no longer are we going to alert on the task. As soon as the I've started comes in, we're good. No worries. Mm -hmm. Like the task itself says, I've started. You're good. I'll just set my next run at timestamp. We're not going to alert. However, at that point, what happens is we go to a ping and we're now looking at the ping to run a timeout alert right? So we're not running a check-in alert. We're running a timeout alert. So the ping now says I've started and I'm going to timeout in this amount of time. Like, mm-hmm. what do you want your default to be? How long does the job have to run? You know, and there is currently, I don't think, right? I don't, there's, there's not, I don't believe any way to specify on a job how long it should have to run. 
and a, a command how long it should have to run. Yeah, right? I'm not sure. I'm I'm positive there's not there's not yet. So the question becomes like, is that a you're gonna need something like that? The the typical thing is though, like you usually don't push things to a background job unless it actually is going to take a little bit of time, mm-hmm. right? So most of the jobs that I have running in the background probably actually do take longer than a minute. Yeah. Or it's very typical that they could. So a timeout alert, maybe we by default say you get, you know, 180 seconds. Well, and it, if it hasn't reported back within 180 seconds, then we say, hey, you have a long running job that is not reporting back yet. You know, I mean, it, it will depend if you have a task that's scheduled to run every minute. If it's only doing something very small, then your timeout can't be 180 seconds necessarily because the, then you will overrun the, the next runtime. So you've got to take into account the interval of the task. So a task that runs once a week, well, maybe it takes three hours to run. So 180 seconds is not necessarily sensible because you expect that thing to take three hours to run. Whereas a task that runs every five minutes or every or every 10 minutes, well, if it's, a, if it's running every 10 minutes, then it may be perfectly acceptable for that task to take five or six or seven minutes to run. So maybe 80% of the the distance between previous and next run times. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Okay. So I have basically, basically when the task comes in and pings in for its start event, we set the next run at to be whatever it should be for the next, for the next time. Yeah. The ping then becomes the thing that's going to be what we're looking at for alerting purposes. Right. So we'll look at an alert or a ping that has a status of pending or started or whatever we want to call that. Mm-hmm. And if it's in that status for too long and we can set on the ping at that point, we have, we, you know, you want to run into the same issue or you will run into the same issue if you're not careful, which is that you're going to end up having to check every ping every minute. So what you would do is you'd say timeout at yeah whatever, right? Yeah, exactly. And you're going yeah, to you intelligently that set that sure. timeout. Yeah, exactly. And the, in the, uh, in the record itself. Mm-hmm. So you would say timeout at, and you'd set a timestamp. And then what you do is you're going to, again, have another scheduled job that's running through and it's going to check any that have timed out and it will set them from pending to timed out. And of course, if it gets updated before then, if we receive the corresponding scheduled task end for that mutex, we'll go look at any open record that we have or, you know, find the first open record. And if there's more than one, then we would, of course, alert as well. But we'll close, basically close out that ping mm-hmm. at that point and set it so, um, to finished. And we can record the amount of time in between. The second job actually returns with it a calculated amount of time it took to run. Yeah. Straight from the framework. So which will be more accurate than what, you know, yeah. our, the time between our pings. Yeah. And then you can make inferences there as well. Like once you can build up an average, like this task, maybe that's something that we can build into it later. Like after we get three pings or four pings, calculate an average, you know, this task takes on average three minutes to run. So we will give it three minutes and 15 seconds to report in that it was finished. And that would be the timeout. And we could do that when that comes in. There is, it's ringing a bell in my head somewhere. There's, a 24-hour timeout for something in the scheduled task. Um, I think that's the expiry on the the mutex that gets written when you've got without overlapping, that it expects that if mm. a record, if a command starts... The mutex starts, should be released. Yeah, the, the, yeah. that the, the task should be released after 24 hours. So, and, th- and that was to solve issues where tasks would start running but never finish running so that, you know, at least after 24 hours, that task would start running again. Sure. 
Now, obviously, a monthly report's trickier because it's going to be three months before you get that report data. So it may be something that you, you know, just provide an option on the task to set the thresholds yourself as well. Yeah. Because it's not like a generic thing. Yeah. It's not like your five minute, your task that runs every five minutes and someone else's task that runs every five minutes. Well, your task may take a minute to run and someone else's task may take two minutes to run or three minutes to run. So it's hard to come up with a good default because there isn't really a good default. It's going to, it's going to vary task to task. So that's where I think taking an average and then, you know, minimum of three and then figuring out over time, you know, what, and then you could do it once a week at that point. What is the average for all of the tasks basically? And then just set that value. Yeah. Set that value for that task and say average time to run. And then you could set a, you know, a little bit more generous timeout yeah. for it. Like add, add a quarter. Unl- add 25% unless to that it's time. been set by the user. If the user has set their own sure. value, then we shouldn't override that with our guess. Yep. Again, what we want to do though, is we really want to offer this as like a set it and forget it. Like they never should have to check it kind of thing. Mm. So it's like, it'd probably be one of those issues where like in Sentry, it reports the issue and then you can say ignore for 24 hours or something, yeah. right? Or don't alert me again unless this happens two times within 10 minutes yeah. sort of deal, right? So this would likely be one of those situations where we just set it up and we say everything's good. And then yeah. if they get alerted by it, then they say, oh, well, this is like, mm, let me go look at that. Yeah, that's actually not correct. Like, yes, we run it every five minutes, but it's got this thing where it only runs on the first day of the month. Mm. Eh, you know, do this. Or yeah, that job actually is a really long running job. Mm. Uh, it's a 10 minute job, but like it takes nine minutes. Like yeah. or it runs every 10 minutes, but like it takes nine minutes to run. So don't don't alert me until, you know, it's over a certain period of time. Yeah. 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 And, and putting um, in this interesting. The sleep, you know, the sleep notifications may be an easier approach than trying to guess as well. And that way we can just say like, we'll alert you as soon as this doesn't report. And then if you don't want to hear that notification, then you go into the settings and just sleep it. Like ignore for 24 hours. Don't tell me about this again, whatever. Unless the task doesn't run. Yeah. In ours, we have we have a snooze button yeah. on our tasks. So like when when it, if it alerts and it's like, hey, freak out, something's not running. You can just go in there and click snooze, which basically says it moves it into a state that it says, go ahead and collect as many pings as you want, but don't do anything for the next. And I think it just snoozes it for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, is all it does, and then it'll pop, it'll pull back up. But you could say snooze four, and then say as long as you want. Yeah, it's an interesting idea. Mm. Mm. So this is why we're gonna be launched. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of stuff here. There's no way we're gonna get to all of this before Laricon. Yeah, we're gonna be lucky if we're gonna get anything running by the time Laricon's here. As long as I can so do like is- a five minute demo, that's like here is me installing this thing, and you can see it updating the dashboard in the background. Sign up here for more information. I think that would be good enough at least we know that at that at that side of things that it's working properly and then just like maybe some screenshots of like it'll do this it'll do this once we decide you know it'll definitely do this and it'll alert in this situation and and we can send it to slack or email or whatever yeah it's like one of those things where it should it's it is very configurable but not upfront kind of thing like you don't want it to be like you only want to configure it if you have to yeah. You know, so it's like it, it seems like one of those things where it's like it starts off as like uh, the picture that's coming to mind is like a sculpture. It's just like a blobby sort of shape. And then like as time uh, kind of goes, what's going to happen is like 
the application is going to learn more about, or our application, then Ping Me is going to learn more about the habits of your app. Mm -hmm. And as it does, you'll be able to kind of tailor it to form fit your application better, right? So those configuration options should be available, but they will likely only be presented to you, hopefully, as you are alerted somehow, Yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think that helps. I think that helps a lot. Mm. Um, Certainly brings clarity around some of the ideas of what we want to do from day one and and some of the things that we can think about for the future and and some of the things that, you know, as you say, you want to make it set and forget. So maybe we don't want to have too many configuration options until people are knocking down the door saying, we want to be able to do X or whatever, and then figuring out if we should add it at that point because there's actually demand for it. Exactly. Yeah, correct. Yeah, there's a lot of like edge cases in in these situations that we may just say, yeah, we don't actually support that. I mean, that's that's possible, right? Yeah. You can't handle every single edge case. Just this this happens every time somebody builds software. You get mm. you get a hundred people who will say, well, my situation is this, right? So like you have this situation with Nova a lot, right? You you create this thing and it says it works great for a, a Laravel install, which is a typical right typical Laravel installation. Well, what does that mean, right? Because you could still write really horrendous code with Laravel. (laughs) You can, right? Lots of people do. And so you can't just drop Nova on top of a garbage code base and expect it to just work flawlessly out of the box, right? And so people are like, well, I have like triple single table inheritance with like uh, (laughs) a belongs to, belongs to, belongs Mm -hmm, to many mm -hmm. through and it's not working. Yeah. Well, yeah, okay. But we're we're not going to support that. Like we're yeah. just not. Like that's yeah. fine. And I'm sorry that it doesn't work for you, but we're not supporting that. And and that's I think what we'll probably end up finding too is like we'll say we will support the 85%. That's what I think we're shooting for. And the very very typical uses of this. To be honest with you, I know my my company has a lot of these edge cases. So, yeah. If I'm building it for us anyway, like we'll end up doing some of these things. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. I just know that there's been like two or three situations in the last couple of weeks where I've turned and I've looked at Aaron and I've said, it would have been really good if we had some kind of scheduled task monitoring for this right now. Dude, <laughs> every day I get, I get, so this is crazy with our home world version. I get alerts every day, Yeah, every freaking day that something didn't run. I'm not even exaggerating, which is really frustrating. Yeah. It's so frustrating, but it's always something. And so uh, the other piece, I'm going to miss it. Hold on. Brain, please work. What was the other? Oh, alerting. Okay. So like when you alert, this is one of the things why I don't, I can't use Envoyer for these is that it alerts you one time and then never alerts you again, which is fine. Yeah. I guess if you are really diligent about monitoring your Slack channels, mm-hmm. but if you're anything like me, yeah. And most of the companies that use Slack, it's like a, in some of these channels, it's like a fire hose, right? It's just like there and then yeah. it's gone. Yeah. And if you didn't see it and it was an important job that needed to run, yes. yikes. Like that's, that was a big one to miss, right? Yeah. So in our channels, like, and it gets a little bit crazy. I have it set up to alert me every 10 minutes for any failed jobs. Mm-hmm. Like if there's something that failed, you need to fix it. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you about it every 10 minutes until you freaking fix yeah. it. Yeah. So, that's how it kind of works right now. But again, I can snooze it if I want. If I'm like, hey, yes, I'm aware it's broken. I'm going to get to you later in the day. Snooze. Like, like, yes, I will fix you. You're not that important. I'm going to snooze you. 
and you can, I can, you know, I can fix you later kind of yeah. thing. So I have that option. But if I haven't snoozed you, like tell me every 10 minutes until I, until I fix it. So that piece is also interesting to me. Like how are people wanting to be notified? Like what's the best method? I feel like if it's an email, email makes sense that you could get one and be done. Like notify me once and don't notify me again. Yeah. I don't think that Slack is that though. Maybe I'm wrong. Mm. I could be wrong. We uh, we put in some call monitoring the other day that if it goes if the queue goes past a certain number or the the wait time goes past a certain time, then it will send in a lot, and it will do this. And it's funny because sometimes you'll have two calls in there that are around the threshold, and so if the first one gets answered and it drops below the threshold, and then the second call goes over the threshold, you might get two alerts within like thirty seconds of each other that hey the queue's up over this wait time again. So there's definitely cases where, and, and this channel is, is just got these alerts in there and you can see that it's just like ping, 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 ping. <laughs> if I, cause I right. don't, cause I don't answer the phone. I'm not in the contact center. So I don't have that channel active. Like I've got it muted, but if I go in there after a, like a few hours, it's just like <laughs> this, this huge yeah. list of notifications. And, and you've got to find the balance between the two, right? There's between yeah. losing it because it only sent once and losing it because it just it's just repeating it's over just and noise. over. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that happens too. So you got to be, like you said, you got to kind of strike the balance. And maybe what you do is you say, we'll alert you once a day or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I imagine that like most people are, you could do are a roll likely up, not as... Like summary as well. Like Sentry does yeah. that weekly that you had this many alerts. You could say, send out a daily digest, this task alerted this number of times whatever. Well, and that's something we can add and, later yeah. as well. Yeah. Like I remember, I remember we used to, uh, it's one of those things where we used to, I remember there was this one routine that it needed to run every day and they call it day end, which doesn't make sense because it runs at the beginning of the day. <laughs> it's like what it does is it's basically, it runs in the morning for the day before right. stuff to wrap it all up. So they call it day end, but it's like, in the morning, they'll be like, hey, day end failed this morning. It's like, okay, so day morning failed this morning. Okay, anyway. But there would be this email every day. You'd get this email. Hey, day end worked. It finished. Okay, great. Hey, day end finished. Awesome, great. Hey, day end finished. Great. Day it doesn't finish, you don't get an email. Yeah. What the heck, yeah. right? It's like, don't tell me about it unless I need to know. Like, don't tell me it finished. Yeah, like, don't tell me, it, hey, everything worked great failed, today. It's not hey, guys, send you everything worked great today. It can't send you exactly, the alert if it, failed. Like, it can only send the alert if it finished because it got to the end of the script. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but that's the most annoying thing to the world in me. Or yeah. Annoying, that's the most annoying thing in the world. Yeah, I think I said it right the first time. When it's like, hey, just giving you a thumbs up, letting you know everything's fine. It's like, awesome. Yeah, I had a friend no like news that. Is good news. smoke detector would just beep at random. And you're like, what the hell is that? That's the everything's okay alarm. Oh my gosh. Dude. Yeah, it was like that Laracon the entire beep. time. Like Laracon the entire beep. time they were there. <gasps> Laracon beep. Beep. Do you know the do you know what the story of the Laracon beep is? I know of the Laracon beep. I don't think I've ever Ooh. heard the beep myself, however. There is a Twitter account, the Laracon beep. Mm. And mm. you know what would be really funny is if somebody brought like a fire alarm that was like low on batteries to Laracon next year and just <laughs> set it under somebody's chair and everybody's like, where is that coming from? Laracon beep makes a return because that's what it was. It was basically like a fire alarm that was like low on batteries and it would just beep mm-hmm. like incessantly. It we've, was at uh, Laracon, New York City. The second it was Laracon 2. Yeah. Yeah. We've done that to 
one of the one of my bosses, we put uh, you go on Think Geek or whatever, and you can get one of those noisemakers. Uh, it took him forever to find it because it's it's this kind of sound that you can't really tell where it's coming from, and you don't notice it initially, and it could be beeping for a while, and then someone would be like, "What's that sound?" And then you, once they notice, it's like, "What is that sound? Where is it coming from?" And we had like put it up in into the ceiling That's tile, funny. and there was one under his desk. It was great. Took him a while to find them all. That is great. That's good fun. That's good fun. <laughs> we are pushing. We are pushing time. Yeah, we were pushing time, and my brain is like shutting down. It was a long day today. <laughs> That's a good day, but it was a long day. Dang it all. I'm going to forget it. Oh, well. I'm sure it'll come back when to When it me. comes back to you, write it down for um, next time. Exactly. So, yeah, we've got a lot of we've got a lot of items to work on here. So that's that's good. Oh, I know what it was. Here it is. Okay. The other thing that we the other issue that we ran into is Michael pull requested these new events to be created in in the scheduled jobs class. Is that where you put them? In the scheduled run command, yeah. Scheduled run command. Which um are basically the, the it's an event for a schedule scheduled job started and scheduled job ended, right? And so we can listen to those events and then send pings out based on when those scheduled jobs start and end. I think the reason you had to do that was because you were looking at, you were looking at a particular event, but it was also doing that for something else. For right? every yeah. So that? we couldn't differentiate between when a scheduled task ran and when a command was it. So there is actually a command starting and command finished event in the framework already. But so that like was if somebody was running time. it from the command line. If you run a yeah. if you run a PHP artisan from the command line, then it would have triggered that event. And there's no there would have been no way for us to differentiate between that instance and a and the the scheduled task or the task scheduler running the command. So that's why this is added. You know what? I almost don't even care. Like well, you let do. me tell you because why. If, let, let me let me tell you why. But it's for every single command, not even schedule task. Any command that you run from the command line. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Well, that makes a difference then, doesn't it? Yeah, correct. Yeah, because we've got commands that we'll go into like update. For example, we can update columns on a user table. And the reason we do it from an artisan command rather than directly in the database is because that will then log in, that'll then go in the audit log that the user, that I as the user had changed their column value from X to Y. So every time we run that, that would trigger the command starting, command finished event, you know, which you don't want to ping on. And but you've got no way of knowing that that is not a scheduled task. Okay, let me let me tell you this though. Okay, let me let me kick this at you. Okay, here's the scenario: I have a scheduled job that has failed to run. Mm-hmm. I notice it, and I want to correct it. Mm-hmm. So we have a client. We have to update notes. We have to send these notes to them every day at ten o'clock. It's super annoying. It fails at 10 o'clock. Great. How do I rerun that scheduled task and resolve that issue? Well, I can either just snooze that thing until the end of the day mm. or until tomorrow when I run it at 10 a.m. Or what I what ends up happening is I actually go in and I manual fix the problem and then rerun it. Yeah. Now, when I rerun it, too bad, so sad. Doesn't matter. You ran it from the command line. You ran it. Manual, it doesn't get yeah. a scheduled job, and that's what happens right now in ours. So what we've actually taken to doing is we take the then ping me off, and we put a ping inside the job or the command and say inside there. Once the handle method is done, ping out because that's how we have to fix it. We go in and we run it manually from the command line and we fix it. Now here's the reason why we could do this still, and why it would actually still work in. Because um, the the reason I started talking about this is because old versions of Laravel 
the versions before this event was pushed in won't be able to use that event, right? But here's here's the situation. What if we let those jobs that are run from the command line ping to us? And then what we do is we look to see, does the mutex exist? Mm. If the mutex doesn't exist, discard the ping. We don't care. But if it was a scheduled job that got set up when you ran create project or set up project, and we have that mutex, go ahead and let it ping in. Mm. You've now gotten a ping for that one. Yeah, we could probably put something in there or or create another command that's like then ping me something um, and then give it the expression or give it the name of the class or something. I don't know. We'd, we'd have to think about it. So you could manually resolve the problem is what you're saying? Yeah, you could do like a then ping me resolve and then we can grab a list of the events, give you like a pick one through X or whatever and then just like pick, yeah, I just ran this one manually and it would like manually send the the ping. So we could do something like that to manually yeah. resolve it. You would you would end up with yeah, you'd end up with like, okay, let me just uh, let me just okay. Error resolution is kind of what this goes under, mm. right? Or failed task resolution um, or something like that. What's yeah, failed task resolution, that's a better way to say it. Failed task resolution. How what is the user story basically around resolving a ping that has failed? And also, what's the story around resolving a um, ping that has timed out? So actually, a task, not a ping, a task that has missed a check-in. Okay. And then the my, my argument that I'm making here is basically that I think we should still allow for command line jobs to ping to us. Yeah. And I think that solves the problem because you're going to run that command manually to resolve the problem anyway. So that way it's not a two-step process of run the command and then manually ping, then ping me. It's just, if you run the command, it's going to happen. The trick, the reason why we couldn't do it, the reason why you're saying that we can't do it is because if you run PHP artisan migrate in your deploy command, in your deployment steps, Correct. it's going to ping you. And it's going to be like, oh, hey, by the way, my, you know, migration's pinged in. Well, yeah. No, we don't care about that. So just well, we don't yeah, know that fine. we don't care we about can, that because the way that we've built it is that if we receive a ping for a command that doesn't exist, we create it. Because the whole point well, was that it's to be zero zero config. That if we detect a new one, I we'll agree. just add it. So I agree. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, you could conceivably I, do like a then ping me resolve that asks you what command, and then it will actually run the command and then send the ping. Like that's another option. But, well, so yeah. so here's um oh I see what you're saying. Hold on. Okay, because um, we said we don't want to... Okay. Because then we can look at actual scheduled tasks and then we would hook into that and say, okay, you are running this task. We will fire the... And we can then fire the very... We can fire the specific event that say we ran this scheduled task and then we can fire the framework event that says this is done. If you use a if you use a, a custom like uh, CLI tool to do yeah, that? Yeah, if we create our own command, if we create our own command to do it. To like then ping me a result. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But again, so I don't know how, yeah, if that's necessarily the best approach, but that is an approach. Okay. Here's here's my pitch. My pitch is this. I think when you first run the project or for when you first install the command line tool that you run like create project or whatever, set up project. And what that does is it's going to go through all your scheduled tasks and ping them out to us, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. What I think we should do or what we could do, and this would solve the issue. We only 
care about the ones that have come in through there. Now, what that does is that says, oh, well, there's no more automatically adding jobs that run, mm. right? Unless we say as a step in your deployment, make sure you run add tasks, mm. then ping me add tasks. And what that would do is that would say, here are the ones that we've found, Yeah. right? And then we then what that would do is that would basically solve the exact problem that we're talking about here, which is how do you manually resolve? Well, all you got to do is just go run the command and then it's resolved. No problem because mm -hmm. it, it's got the new ping and it's it's no no issue. And it solves the problem of how are we auto creating them if we're not listening for new ones. Well, you run the add task command and it adds any that are missing from your yeah. from your list of scheduled tasks. Yeah, that works. Okay. All right, good. I was I was wondering if you were gonna because this it would not be odd that you would think of something that I hadn't thought of with that. Mm. But I'll write that down as a possibility. So. Yeah. We are we are pushing time here. So mm. um this has been so up. helpful though. This has been so helpful. It has been to, to get some ideas out. Because as you said at the start, we don't we don't get heaps of time to talk about it because time zones make things difficult and I'm usually getting up when you're going to bed and vice versa. So or I'm at work while you're going to bed. So having a chance to to nut some ideas out is good. Yes, I agree. Okay, because that was the situation too, was like, how do we handle old versions of Laravel and also new versions of Laravel that we're using this thing with? Well, if we can look through all the scheduled tasks and just set them up, we still could use this. We could still use this old old event that's mm -hmm. command started, command finished, whatever. Yeah. That would allow us previous version compatibility. Okay, that's it. That's it, everybody. Thanks, man. This is good. good. We got some we got some work to do. Yeah. And uh, hopefully this is helpful to people out there. Um, you know, this is not by any means like, I don't. I mean, honestly, I don't know what you'd stand to learn from this other than <laughs> you're probably sitting there screaming at your phone like, no, that's not how you do this. <laughs> this is how you need to do this. Yeah. And you've got all the ideas and you just are like, I can't believe these idiots can't figure this out. So I'm sure we'll get some comments on Twitter and that's totally fine. Uh, we love that. Uh, and so let me wrap this. This is episode 64 of the North Meets South web podcast. If you'd like uh, to find show notes for this episode, you can find them at, Michael, Is the, did the address change for Transistor? No, no. We changed we're, over to Transistor. No, no, we're still at, no, yeah, we're, we're on Transistor now. We're at northmeetsouth.audio slash 64 for the show notes. So the, the, the episode good. numbers yep. are still the same. The URL is still the same. There was some issue with it now, but I'm sure by the time this hits your ears, it'll all be sorted out and working fine again. Perfect. Yeah, and then... Feel free to rate us up in your podcatcher of choice. That's always appreciated. Uh, iTunes or Spotify or actually YouTube. If you subscribe to us on YouTube, you can find that too. That's actually mm. interesting because we've been putting all these live streams out. So yeah, subscribe or share with your friends. That's always great. And then of course, if you have any questions or comments, reach out to us on Twitter at Jacob Bennett, at Michael Dorinda or at North South Audio. That's it, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. It's an hour long one. So um, hope you enjoyed. Yeah. Hope you had a good, good time. Do you know what we didn't do last episode? I'll tell you what we didn't do last oh, episode. I do. I, and I'll tell you what we didn't do this episode. Almost. Almost didn't do this episode. Almost didn't do. Almost didn't hit up our sponsors. Yes. You know what? I don't know if I got the uh I don't know if I got the YouTube link from you either on this. No? Nope. I so I didn't get to see any of the restream stuff. Uh, did I not? No, I put it in the last episode. Oh, I didn't. Oh, it's live it. now. Yeah. Here it is, right there. Yeah. Uh who who did you say hi? Nobody said hi. I didn't see anyone. If you did say hi yeah. and we ignored you, it's because we were just so engrossed in our own magnificence that we didn't see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, but, my hair is crazy. Yeah. People were probably scared away by my hair. Probably. Joe. Joe and Work That's Vivo it. this this month. Or this episode. Okay. This episode. Work Vivo. 
Uh, Joe Lennon we're talking about, right? Yeah. Joe Lennon. He's a good man. Good man. Good friend. So work Viva. Wow. The site. They've done up. They've upgraded it since the last time I saw it. It looks really nice. Yeah. Wow, looks really nice. So this is a communication platform employees love to use. Create a sense of community and connection in your organization with an experience that has been crafted around the key pillars of employee engagement, which they've done. They've they've done the research here. Connection with goals and values. Yes. Okay, they need to be able to make sense of what their work is. People, humans like to have a sense of mastery. They need to be able to see progress, right? So connection with goals and values is really important. An informed workforce, communication. They need to feel like they are not just a cog in a machine, but they are part of the part of, uh, they are known, right? Mm -hmm. And some of this stuff I'm pulling from Patrick Lencioni's book, which is called... Not the ideal team player. It's called a, the, the secret to employee engagement or something like that. I don't know. Right. Engagement measurement. So engagement pulse survey functionality allows you to measure and track employees' engagement across the organization, supported with real-time data. And then a culture of recognition, people being recognized for their accomplishments. So WorkVivo facilitates a culture of real-time and spontaneous peer, peer recognition in a way that creates a feel-good factor throughout the organization. So we've got some great customer stories in here, some very great videos. And then you can, of course, request a demo. Um, but yes, check that out. Workvivo.com, just like it sounds. And thanks for sponsoring this uh, episode. Yeah, thanks so much. And thanks to all, all right. of our sponsors and friends that uh, that are looking after us. Absolutely. We really, really appreciate it. Okay, that's it, folks. Thanks so much for tuning in. We will see you in a couple of weeks and hopefully we'll have some progress to show for it. In a couple of weeks, Laircon AU is going to be rolling and hot. Yeah. So. Yes, indeed. Yes. I look forward yes, to indeed. seeing some of our listeners there in the flesh and uh, and having a, a great time. Give them my love. Give them a big hug and a big kiss on the cheek from me. I, I know you'll do it, won't you? Well, I mean, we've got a code of conduct this year, so we have to be very careful. Make sure that uh, people are just, receptive just tell them it's to from the me. idea. They'll just, they'll just tell them it's, just, you just tell them it's from me. I'm sure, I'm sure that'll fly. <laughs> I want to see this. I want to see this on camera. For, uh, that'd be great no please don't do that that'd be inappropriate <laughs> all right everybody thanks we'll see you in a couple of weeks see you bye bye